This is a podcast from the Queen City Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. My name is Logan, and that, of course, means you're listening to another episode of The Crowncast. And I keep changing the audio on you. I keep making it sound different. That is one of the things about moving that, unfortunately, it's not quite stable yet. But The Crowncast is committed to bringing you new and interesting things. Like, may I uh, introduce to you all... The Monster Voice. For the times when you really want to give out a card. Or the Robot Voice when we want to have some robotic fun. This is all fun stuff that is being added to the Crowncast, and hopefully we never have to use it again. But it does mean there's some cool stuff coming up for you later on. Today we're going to be doing Buy, Sell, Hold something we started last year, and here to buy things, sell things, and potentially even hold things is Ewan. Hello, Ewan. Hello. Happy to be back. Welcome back. And Michael. Hello, Michael. Howdy. Good to be chatting with y'all. So, uh, Michael, really, my question to you is, do you think you are going to be buying, selling, or holding more today? Probably holding. Lots of holds on my list. Uh, Ewan, you think you're going to be buying, selling, or holding today? instinctively i'm thinking and and what i've laid out here probably selling um on top of the fact that i have been accused by yourself of being a little bit of a fence sitter at times i almost feel like the hold is 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 gonna is gonna i'm gonna be psyched out by it and and it's gonna push me over in one way and it's more likely to be a to be a eye on a player you and it's not that i've accused you of being a fence sitter it's that you have been sitting on the fence so i'm glad to hear you're jumping off to the other side <laughs> we are going to be talking about charlotte fc's defense today talking about fences thank you for the segue ewan that made my life much easier we're going to talk about charlotte fc's defense and we're going to be covering the goalkeepers so we are going to dive right into it with the players at the very very back and we're going to be talking about whether we should buy sell or hold our keepers we're going to start with george marks and ewan I'm going to go to you. George Marks, been here two years. I mean, that's all he could be, but been here two years. We've talked about the fact we love his pop. Hasn't made much of an impression in the goal. Buy, sell, or hold for you. Uh, George Marks, for me, is a sell. I think you you always feel a little bit harsh um, going with a sell on on, on players like him who, you know, are going to have fairly solid careers, but ultimately they are the backup goalkeeper at a standard which they will probably top out at, at an average level rather than being someone who can drive us on for playoff level success, which is kind of what we're basing the buy and the sell and the hold on here. Um, mm-hmm. We got limited uh, we got limited minutes from him last season and limited minutes from him in general playing for Charlotte. And I, I know a lot of people like him as a, as a goalkeeper and he is able to make good good reflex saves from within his reach. I think the main issue for him is a size one in that he can make some, you know, cat-like reflexes saves, like I say, but his overall command of the goal and and his overall command of, of the areas which he should be commanding, which that includes obviously playing high line and coming out and covering areas, I think it's just a little bit off. And when you're talking about someone lacking size, that's not really something that's ever going to get better when you talk about a a 24 year old so it's hard to project that in the way you might give the benefit of the doubt to a young defender who needs to learn the game a little bit or a young striker who needs to become more consistent so i think it's a sell on him and i'm fairly comfortable with that yeah sadly josh isn't here to uh to take a knock on on the guy's height 
So I'm glad that you did that for him. Uh, Michael, buy, sell, or hold for you. George Marks, I'll go with a hold because I think he's a serviceable backup, uh, but nothing more. And I think he was decent enough in the games that we did see from him. And like Ewan said, he is a fan favorite uh, to the point where last year a lot of people were calling for him to be the starter and keep that spot. And I definitely don't see that happening. So he's one of my many holds solely as a backup option. Yeah, so uh, because I forgot to explain it, we'll go through it really quickly now. For the listeners, buy is going to be a very specific you know, a result this time. It's going to be if we think this person should be offered a new contract. So whether they have just gotten a contract and we think we should hold them for longer or whether they're running up on their contract and we think we should renew them, that will be a buy. A hold will be let them run, see how it works out, and a sell is obviously we think that perhaps Charlotte FC should move on from this player. I am going to uh, sit on George Marks. I'm actually going to call him a hold. And my reason of George Marks being a hold is I think he has the fan vote. I think people like George Marks, not necessarily him as a keeper, but him as a person. And I think we have another guy named Adrian Zendejas, who very few people even know plays for Charlotte FC because we don't really see him. I think that that third keeper slot is going to get shuffled and if that third keeper slot becomes George Marks, I'm not upset. I think he might see game time in that slot, but I would not be upset thinking of him as the number three. Now, if he wants to move on, that's on him. But for me, he's a hold. We're going to skip uh, Zendejas. And Michael, I'm going to go to you for this first one. And that is Christian Kalina, the big Kalina. What are you thinking? So I'm lingering somewhere between hold and sell. I do think that we could upgrade the position. I think that we could find a goalkeeper that's much better with his feet and at least to a similar enough level when it comes to shot stop, shot stopping. And I don't think he's... Sorry, I'm, I'm totally freezing up right now. We'll come back to you. Uh, Ewan. Thoughts on Kalina? Uh, Kalina, for me, is a sell. Uh, I feel like, and we we referenced this quickly before we're starting the recording, that this is almost like it would be against what has become my brand a little bit if I was to uh, was to go with anything other than a sell with this because I think it goes back to the conversations which we have over and over again, which are not just about Kalina, but uh, talk about overall tactically the goalkeeper position what you want from it, talking about what is a goalkeeper who can make great saves when called upon versus is it more valuable to have a goalkeeper who can prevent those chances being created in the first place? I mm-hmm. think it's very it's very obvious when a goalkeeper makes a save in a one-on-one situation or something similar to that. Oh, great save. Fantastic. You know, they get the credit for that. Pulling things back a little bit and looking at the process, I think with Christian Kalina, you're you're getting an what I would call a net negative from his general play combated with his shot stopping. I think if you were to balance out those scales a little bit more with a goalkeeper who you sacrifice a little bit with shot stopping, but they have a little bit more in terms of their general box presence, a little bit more in terms of ability as a sweeper keeper, 
and a little bit more ability just generally on the ball, uh, not giving the ball away and giving the other team possession in high areas. I, I think you overall would get a net gain from that in terms of in terms of stopping opposition chance creation. So the, the, the conversation regarding Kalina for me really gets to the source and gets to the root of how chances are created against you. And I, I get that this is one which people would majorly disagree with. I know a lot of people really like him, but this is just kind of where I'm at. And, and you know, this is how I think of the game. So I, I, it has to be a sell because I think a, a different style of goalkeeper would reap major benefits for the team. So traditionally, I'm one of those people who will disagree with you on Christian Kalina. I think he's about as good as you're going to get in the MLS. And I am kind of a sell on Christian Kalina. My reasoning is this. <clears throat> You've spent too much time listening to me. <laughs> I'm reviewing. Um, let's be honest. That is an affliction which which curses us all. No. Yeah, no, uh, no one should have to suffer that. <laughs> always glad to hear your voice, buddy. The... The thought process for me behind Christian Kalina is it depends on the guy we bring in for our manager. If our manager is somebody who wants to play front-footed football that includes, you know, modern football uses the keeper. If our manager is somebody who wants to play front-footed football, I think that person needs to move on from Christian Kalina. So I think we just need to rip the Band-Aid off. If that person wants to play a little bit more old-school football, I think Christian Kalina is great at that. If Christian Kalina just has to be a shot-stopper, and come out and claim crosses. I think he's great. I think he'll do great in that case. I would probably even extend him. But I, th I think the game has moved beyond a keeper just being a keeper. I think the keeper is now a player. He's the 11th man. And if the next coach comes in and wants to play that that high line, that press, or, or play the ball through the back, it hurts me to say it because I like Christian Kalina. I think it might be time to rip the Band-Aid off and try something new. Michael, do you want to uh, wrap up your thoughts on Christian Kalina? Sure. I was struggling on whether to place him in hold or sell, and I think I'll lean towards sell. Like with what you were saying is I don't think he's good enough with his feet, and if we could take an upgrade at the position with someone who's more comfortable at his feet, then I would go ahead and sell him, take the money, and get that new keeper. So for that reason, he's going to fall into the sell category for me. Oh, man. If you would have told me that I think two of us said hold on George Marks and all of us said sell on Christian Kalina, <laughs> uh, we've already we've already found yeah, – I'm sure that somebody is going to call us out on that. Somebody should have said us hold or buy on Christian Kalina. Uh, anyway, let's move along. We have done all – we're done the keepers we're going to do. I will say there's a guy out there named Chachura Dunze who Josh loves because of his height – that could come in and really be interesting. We don't know what he's going to be yet. We don't know if he's coming up to uh, to the Charlotte FC or whether he'll stay with Crown Legacy. Not to mention the Crown Legacy has another goalkeeper who is doing pretty well down there. So let's move on to defenders. And I am on the Charlotte FC list of defenders, so I'm just going to read them off. Michael, I'll start with you again this time. I'm going to mispronounce this. Yere Udenin. What are you thinking? He is on my buy list. Uh, we did just purchase him in the summer, so I don't think I can put him on hold or sell. And I was happy enough with his performances uh, throughout the second half of last season. So 
he's he's on my buy list. Let's keep him around. He's gonna be our starter at left back. That's what we brought him in to do. I like him. Ooh, big big statement there. Um, I'm gonna jump in here. He's on my hold list. I definitely I I think there's more in the player in a team that's a little bit more functional around those areas. We've always been dysfunctional around the fullback, you know, left and right side. I think there's somebody in there. I just don't know who it is. So I think he deserves another year to show me who that is and potentially come up good. Ewan, thoughts on Urinen? Yeah, it's 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 two-pronged a little bit, this, because I think if I was only to have ever watched him play for Charlotte, I would probably go with a hold just because he's not played a lot of football. We talked about during the season that a fullback coming in in the middle of the season to play in this system that Latanzio was deploying is a real tough adjustment for a fullback who at his age at 29 has played fullback a very different way for pretty much his entire career. So it would have been a hold just based off of the football that we saw out of him in MLS. The football that I watched from him before coming to Charlotte, uh, most notably him playing for for Schalke, I, I would be a buy. So I'm almost leaning more towards a buy than I am a hold because I have the big sample size with him in a settled situation and I have the smaller sample size with him moving into uh, a new situation with you know making adjustments to his game, which he, I, I, I don't think he's ever had to make before. So I'm, I'm, I'm buying based off the bigger sample size that I have and familiarity with the player. I think he's a, re- I think he's a really good player. I think he's very, very good. I think at the level MLS is at, I, I think, and this is always tough because we don't know who the head coach is going to be. But I almost think, regardless of the system, unless it is the craziest system you've ever seen for a fullback that we've not seen in any uh, in any structure in football. I think he'll be very competent at learning it. I think he's very good in possession. I think he's very good out of possession. I think if his athletic um, floor can keep up, which at 29 years old, there's no real sign that it shouldn't. I think he'll he'll really solidly state the claim as the first choice left back. And I think he'll he'll be someone who, at the early part of next season, fans will be like, "Oh, this was this was a really smart bit of business what we did," because he is very you know very high floor player. So. So I'm a buy on on Yeri Erinin based off that big sample size I have with with him uh, playing for Schalke and, and partly with Rest as well in uh, in Ligue 1. That's really good to hear because I don't know much about his time before the MLS. So let's see how he does. I'm going to go on to Hamidi Diop and I'm going to talk Hamidi Diop first. Hamidi Diop, number one pick last year, yada yada, came in, didn't really impress, went down to the Crown Legacy, didn't really impress. The, the image I get of Hamidi Diop is a young man with an absurd amount of talent and a lot of mental challenges. Uh, this game at the top level is vicious. And one of the places it's most vicious is the six inches between your ears. This game requires someone who is mentally strong, who can handle the pressure, who, who takes the fortitude. And that's not to be rude to, to the people who have these troubles because unfortunately you can't just be physically strong. You can't just be talented. If you, you know, this is going to be tough for me to say, but you might hear it later on. That is Ben Bender struggles with this. There is not anyone at Charlotte FC who has more talent than Ben Bender. Look at his mentality and tell me he's going to be able to make it happen every single game. I'm concerned for Hamidi Diop that he has some of the same issues that mentally there's not something there yet for him. 
which makes sense. He's a young man. So uh, considering where he came from, considering the talent I know is there, I'm going to be a hold on him. Ewan, what are you thinking? I think you bring up some important points there in terms of um, development-wise, that the mentality of a player. I think one thing that maybe works against him, and, and not to branch out of uh, uh, the defenders that we're talking about, but obviously he came in in the same draft class as Patrick Ajiman, and he's mm-hmm. the ground running. Patrick Ajiman is going to turn 24, whilst Hamidi Diop is still 21. So I think mm-hmm. if you're comparing them two in terms of their age and, and developmental process, despite the fact they're in the same draft, they, they were in the same draft class, um, th- that's a that's a big age gap for that age. That that's yep. a some serious development that he's been able to do, which which Hamidi Diop hasn't been able to do yet. I think Hamidi Diop is is like a classic hold. I, I think it, you, you you don't want to be swaying too far either way with this because. We're talking about a, a first overall pick in an MLS draft. So even though maybe he didn't kick on this year as some people would have hoped, I think a hold is, is the way to go here. Because even in a year where he he had his struggles, I I tried to watch as much Crown Legacy as possible. And you see the you see the reason why they made the trade that they did to go up and take him. There's just a lot of natural talent. I think he's I th- he's got a really good first touch, and he's also very good at playing quick one to two touch. He's very good at People talk about our oh, players should always get the ball out of their feet and play forward. He's very good at keeping the ball under his feet and playing quickly in the first phase, which is really good. Uh, which is a really good trick in terms of press resistance, and it was really impressive to see that from him. So just little things like that. I think there's a physical talent. I think there's a technical talent. I think he's a smart, intuitive player. So yeah, this is a this for me. I think this is the probably the easiest hold I'll have because there's just a lot of talent in a fairly raw young player. So, yeah, hold for me. All right, Michael, how many Diop? Yeah, Diop is a hold for me as well, just because I haven't seen enough from him. I haven't seen enough game time to be able to lean one way or another. And like you guys were saying, is he was the number one draft pick, and we didn't have that number one draft pick. We actually gave up something to get that pick uh, from St. Louis, so we really saw something in him. So I'm not ready to part ways. And perhaps with a new coach with Latanzio gone, you know, it's kind of a fresh start for him in his second year to hopefully really hit the ground running. So I want to see more. I want to see where where this goes. Yeah, I'd love I would I would pay more than a penny to have been in that meeting. Let's move on to Nathan Byrne. I think he's gonna be relatively quick. Nathan Byrne is a sell. I would sell Nathan Byrne immediately. Michael, do you have any uh do you have something different for Nathan Byrne? I do. He's actually on my hold list. Uh, I'm not itching to sell him. I think he got better as the season went on. I don't know if I want him as my starting right back or if I even prefer him to Jalen Lindsay. But he's a hold. I'm I'm okay with having him on my bench every match. All right, Ewan? I would probably go with a sell which I almost do against what I would like to do because I I was just very high on him when he came mm-hmm. in originally. Uh, and, and I almost am willing for that player to still be there. But one thing that I, I think is clear in a general football sense is that I think one of the quickest fall-offs you can have in football is at the fullback position. I think that's a position where once it goes, it, it can be very... I mean, it's very hard to get it back when you see that kind of drop-off in any position. But fullback is the one which... From just generally, you know, being a, a fan of the sport, that that's 
that's one where you see where it goes and very rarely does it come back. You see guys adjust and become centre-backs, maybe. You see guys adjust and become holding midfielders sometimes. But actually at that position, like we're projecting too much with that. Like actually at the position he plays, it's really tough to get it back. So I'm almost, you know, I'm, I'm having to swallow my pride a little bit with how much I liked him originally and, and, and go with a sell on this one because it, we talked about it in the, in the, uh, in the podcast two weeks ago. It was a rough season from Nathan Byrne, and it's it's hard to put it any other way. Yeah, you're not alone. I I had him as the my potential breakout player of the season because of how well he played in uh, 2022. But he's definitely a sell for me. As a defender in any position, what you have to show me is that you can play six out of ten for 90 minutes with no questions asked. You get one or two mistakes a year. Nathan Byrne made one or two big mistakes per game. You just can't do that in any defensive position. And to me, he doesn't bring that much going forward. I think his legs are just gone. It's it's a tough position for him, but for me, it's sell. And I'm going to move on to Adilson Melanda. You, and I haven't started with you in a little while. What do you think about um, Adilson Melanda? I, th- I think this is probably, and, and I'm projecting here, spoilers, but this might be the only unanimous uh, bye <laughs> i'm assuming that's probably where this is going um today maybe yeah <laughs> yeah i think that's probably not I, i'd say spoiler alert that maybe you know from <laughs> that probably doesn't need much of a spoiler alert but um i do think there is an interesting conversation to be had in terms of where the ceiling is because we've talked about him in really glowing terms saying oh this guy for his age and, and for the, the role he's having to play oh, this, this could be the limit for him this could be the limit he could be a player who brings in this much money in a, in a sale for the club I do think that this season we did see some elements of his game in possession where you, it does give you cause for pause of okay uh, I could I could see why a, a particular manager or head coach would, would maybe have some issues with certain things and, and maybe have some stuff to work on but I think when you're talking about the modern game and, and playing the high line and needing players who can cover space and work vertically, I, I think you're looking at a, you know, a little bit of a, at least at MLS level, a, a queen on the chessboard when it comes to someone who allows you to play a certain way with his physical attributes. The in-possession stuff, I'm willing to make a bet that that's something that can improve because that's something that you see in general football projects and does improve in a lot of young players, especially centre-backs. So when you pair that projection with the stuff that you can't coach, the physical attributes, I think this makes this a fairly easy buy with Adelson Melanda. And and in a team where there were so many defensive question marks, he never really came up much as someone who anyone really doubted. And uh, yeah, it's a credit to him. So uh, yeah, he's a buy for me. Yeah, uh, he's a buy for me as well. And it's one of the things I have to return to. We talked about the fact that Hamidi Diop is only 21 he hasn't had that development time. This guy's 22, right? He's one year older than Hamidi Diop, who we're talking about, needs huge development. And you're right. He is a bit of a, he's a bit of a unicorn. The thing for me about Adilson Melanda is that I feel like he is as cool and calm as can be right up until he hits his break point. And there's no like, oh, I look more stressed as it gets more stressful. He just looks like everything is well beneath him until it's not well beneath him and it's beyond him. And I like that because it doesn't give any ideas to attackers. It makes attackers feel like, man, nothing I'm doing is even making him look worried. I think he is, if he wants to succeed in this and higher levels, 
he is going to have to make that breaking point a higher technical place, right? Because eventually he will get overwhelmed and he's shown he can get overwhelmed in this league. But for 98% of the time, he is just as cool and as calm as you like. And when I see him in our defense, I, I get calm. It, it feels better to me. So he's definitely a buy. Michael, are you going to stick with the buys or are you going to shake the boat on us? Oh, no, no yeah. shaking of the boat. He's by far the easiest buy of the defense. I want to see him on the team sheet every week. There's just no question marks with him. Who knows what his potential could be? And if we could, I'd, I'd love to slap one of those Chelsea contracts on him and hold on to him for eight to ten years. I think that would be pretty cool. Maybe without the Chelsea payday. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe yeah. without the 240000 British pounds per week for <laughs> nine years stuff. I'll just, uh, yeah, I think if, I, if, if I could nip in as well, just quickly on Adil Simalanda, it's a point that you just made there, Logan, in terms of his age. Um, he's younger than Andrew Privet. He's younger than Ben Bender. He's younger than George Marks. These players who are homegrown talents who we think of as real, you know, young and nurturing, bring them on. He's younger than all of them guys. So mm -hmm. it's, it, there's still just so much room for growth. And, and you touched on that uh, just now as well, but I was just looking through the squad list and like, there's so many guys who we still think of as probably who we instinctively think of as younger than uh, Adilson Melander, who no, Adilson Melander is younger than that. Yeah. Adilson has come to the point now where we don't talk about him as the young talent. We just talk about him as the best defender at Charlotte FC. And if you want to feel really old, he was born after 2000. So there you go. Enjoy that. Uh, let's move along to Guzman Carujo. And uh, I had to remember that Guzman Carujo is technically a Charlotte FC player. And for that, Guzman Carujo is a sell. Uh, in the position that Guzman is in, and I'm somebody who really liked Guzman Carujo, once you are the senior guy, once you're the guy, and you have an extended run out of the team, it's usually really hard to come back in and take your spot back. It's just kind of the way it is. It seems to be the point at which the, the page turns and both the player and the club need to move on and, and, and read a new chapter. And for me, this feels like the time that Guzman Carujo needs a new chapter and Charlotte FC needs a new chapter. Michael, uh, thoughts on Guzman? Yeah, so originally I had him in hold, but because I have so many holds and I don't want to live on the fence, I am going to move to sell with him. I just, I do feel so bad about that because he was so instrumental to our first season where people were even putting him in the MVP conversation. But, you know, since the injury, he hasn't really been the same. And I had him in hold originally because I wanted to give him some grace uh, coming back from the injury that perhaps he wasn't 100%. Um, but what we did see wasn't good enough. And I, I do think we could upgrade at the position, especially when it comes to his distribution. Uh, that definitely wasn't one of his strong suits. Ewan, what are you thinking? Yeah, it's a funny one with Carujo because I was someone who was way more down on him um, than everyone else was, just talking about the player and his um, his 2022 season. That was when everyone fell in love with him and, and I was a bit more sceptical than everyone else. Um, this is kind of the saddest and, and most depressing outcome of all of this is is when an injury um, can take its toll like this. You know, I was I was fairly excited for him to come back in in 2023, and you know, the fun of all of this is that we can talk football and and, and debate it with each other and uh, 
you know, maybe he comes back and proves me right. Maybe he comes back and proves me wrong. But the worst thing is when someone comes back and it seems like he probably got rushed back and and ultimately has, has suffered as a result and, and spent extended time out after originally coming back. He was coming off on 60 minutes. I think there were times he was coming off on, on actually at half time. And yeah, it just mm-hmm. seemed like a situation where he was rushed back and it worked out for the worst for him. Um I am a sell as well. I, I don't think that'll come as a surprise uh, to people who know how I feel about the player generally, but I am hopeful that this off season, he has an extended period of, of training where he can actually get healthy and get fit, not just get fit in terms of recover from major surgery. I'm talking he's had the surgery and now hopefully he can kick on and really get, you know, get everything together and, and whether that leads to him getting a contract extension off the back of that, or whether that leads to him just getting his career back on track. I hope that's what happens because, like I say, I'm not very high on the player, but this is the, you know, this is the the worst outcome. It is when injury takes hold of a of a player conversation like this. Yeah, I think the thing we all come to is that we all said sell, and all of us feel bad about it because we know it was injury based, not not his talent falling off or his his pace falling off. Let's uh, let's move ahead, and Michael, I'm going to go to you for this one. Let's talk Jalen Lindsay. Yeah, he's he's a buy for me. He was a, a pretty easy buy for me. Uh, he's from Charlotte. He's a good he's a good right back. Uh, like I said earlier, I don't even know if I would pick Byrne or Lindsay. It seemed like Byrne got most of the playing time, but you know, L- Lindsay's a fan favorite. Uh, there was that badge going around on social media of. You know, play Jalen Lindsay every game. Um, and I, I wouldn't mind having him as our starting right back next year. And that's why he's on my buy list. I think he's good enough for the job and I, I want to see him earn it. I'm a big fan. You and what are you thinking? Lindsay's a funny one. We we talk and, and we talked about it a little bit with Aaron and we talked about it generally through the season that the fullback position is becoming more and more in the eye of the beholder. Jalen Lindsay is is kind of perf- a perfect example of that. He could be one head coach's buy is another head coach's sell with him. Uh, personally, with me, uh, I, I am sort of leaning more and more towards a sell with him just because I, I, I get more and more concerned that some of the things that you give someone the benefit of the doubt for um, in their first season and the first times you watch them as a young player your patience wanes with them a little bit as you as you watch them a little bit more. You get into the second season, you you watch them play a little bit more. But ultimately, he hasn't to give him the benefit of the doubt. He hasn't played enough football to be able to learn this stuff. Perhaps there hasn't been a consistent stretch of games that he's had in order to to learn this stuff and and really to to get his feet under the desk of being Charlotte's right back. So this is one where I really am banging between hold and sell. And I'm I'm probably going to stay in hold just because he's not had a lot of consistent football, which is what you always talk about with young players is can they get a run of games? And then if they have a run of games and they're making the same mistakes, they're not improving. Okay, there we go. But if they're not, hard to be too harsh on them. So based off that, I'm going to stay on the side of a hold, but, you know, very slowly leaning towards that sell, which is... Uh, Maybe not somewhere I expected to be. If you'd have uh, if if you'd have been asking me this uh, earlier at the start of the season, yeah. So we got one buy and we've got one hold, and I am going to sort of break the tie. 
I am a hold on Jalen Lindsay, but I'm not a hold for long. Like the moment we know what the system of uh, the new coach is going to be, I will be either a buy or a sell. There's no in-between. Jalen Lindsay is the only one in that fullback role that I see right now that is capable of bringing any form of attack. Jalen Lindsay attacks. He's almost not a fullback. He's almost a winger. You know, I mean, I think if we had a system where we played him as a wingback, someone whose job was to get further up the field regularly, be that overlapping player, cut into the inside of the field, find those crosses, yeah, Jalen Lindsay fits great. If his job is ever going to be be a fullback, I think I think he's got to go. Nothing against Jalen Lindsay. His talents are not defensive. Why he is considered mostly a defender, I'm not sure if that's just where his breakthrough was, but I don't see it. I think what's going to happen is Charlotte FC is going to shore up our defense first. At least I hope that's what is going to happen since, you know, we had one of the worst defenses in the league. So based on the coach that comes in, I think the moment we know what style they're going to want to play, it's either a, a buy or a sell, but it's probably a sell. Uh, let's jump on and we will do uh, you and you brought this one up to my attention. So let's do Andrew Privet. Yeah, uh, an interesting one, just because of the fact that he was someone who we saw come in playing out of position, really, and thought maybe this is someone who's going to play a game here, get a bit of experience. Maybe he can play well and, and keep himself in the squad and be around the uh, be around the first team operations, which is uh, which is massive for for a fairly young player breaking into professional football. Ultimately, what ended up happening was he became our first choice uh, centre back for the basically the entirety of the second half of the season. So uh, it, it, it's uh, it was an interesting ride with him. I, I do think he is someone we talk about, like what we just mentioned with Jalen Lindsay. He did get a run of games and he did get a lot better. We did see a lot of improvement with him. I, I think, especially in the in possession part of the game. Um, you'd think that as a midfielder adjusting to uh, playing centre back, that that would almost be the thing that he takes to better and it would be the off uh, the uh, out of possession stuff that he would struggle with more. But I think because of how first phase buildup is, is structured now, it's almost easier to say to someone, okay, out of possession, you know, I need you to be here. I need you to be there. You're playing with, uh, with, with, with all of the game in front of you versus playing with half of it in front of you, half of it behind you. He almost adjusted better to that than he did playing the first phase buildup. Um, and that was an area where he massively improved. Having said that, I do think he is going to be a sell, and I think that is based in a in a big way off the off the fact that he's maybe not as young as people instinctively think he is. He's um, he'll turn twenty four, sort of just after the midway point of next season, and that's kind of when you want to be seeing some someone really kick on. And with him, I think you're looking at a half-decent squad player oh, in, in terms of his projection in the short term, and then maybe he tops out as a uh, as a fairly decent starter. But really, I, I think uh, he's probably a sell for me. I, I've seen enough football from him to think that that ceiling's not there. Everyone mark this on your calendars. November 29th, <laughs> uh, 2023, is the day Logan Meyer is significantly higher on a player than you? Well, I guess I guess I've I've been higher on a few players than you, but yeah, yeah, I, I didn't. 
I didn't think I was going to be significantly higher on Andrew Privet than you. Since <laughs> I have made that weird, weird <laughs> transition, I will I'll, I'll step in here. Andrew Privet's a buy for me. <laughs> and the reason is because he's 23. Andrew Privet is a midfielder. He is a ball-playing, progressive, looks-forward midfielder who has successfully adapted, not perfectly adapted, but successfully adapted to a defensive line that was awful, right? The, our defensive line was terrible, one of the worst in the league. He had to do six jobs as a midfielder playing central defense. And one of those many jobs is the now very critical ability to progress the ball from defense. Was he perfect at it? No. But I tend to think that, you know, you and you talked about the age you kick on. I tend to think that for attackers, you need to be firing by 24. I tend to think that for defenders, the age is 27. I think that center backs really don't hit their years of we know our trade. We're not going to get beat until that 26, 27. And they go on to be good until they're 32. Whereas attackers tend to run out of steam in that 28, 29, 30 range. I think we just shift the age bracket for central defenders. I'm excited for Andrew Privet. I don't think he's there yet, but he had a whole year of just crash course development. And he does the thing that is in the modern game pretty well. So if he can keep developing, if he can keep succeeding in that crash course, we could have found a real gem. Now, he could fall flat on his face in the case of which, you know, you're talking about you and could end up being a uh, not only a real negative, but a waste of a waste is tough to say. We could invest in him and our investments not come good. But I think I've seen enough that I want to see that investment happen. Michael, where do you f uh, fall on on this guy? So I fall right in the middle. He is a hold for me. I do think he's earned his spot in this squad. I mean, he even went up against Messi, not once, but twice, and held his own in at least one of those matches. And he earned his role over a lot of senior center backs in the squad and closed out the season. And I think that tells you something about how much everyone inside of Chard FC values him. So he's definitely earned his spot on the squad. And the only reason he's not in buy is because I'm not ready to hand him another big contract or I'm not ready to see him as Melanda's partner in the back I'd I'd much rather go buy you know an older more experienced elite center back to partner with Melanda whereas if I did see Privet as that ready to go starter for next year he would be in my buy and maybe he'll get there one day so he falls pretty comfortably in the hold for me that is absolutely fair. Uh, let's go on. We've done a deal with Melanda. We've done Jalen Lindsay. Let's go on to, uh, let's do the one I think that we can all just go ahead and say the answer. And I'll start with you, Ewan, Bill Tuiloma. <laughs> oh, can't just say, can't just say sell. It's so harsh. <laughs> you absolutely can't. <laughs> We we I'll, have we we have actually spoken. Thirty <laughs> seconds, you in? Yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. We have actually spoke at length almost within this uh, similar context before, in terms of Bill Tuiloma. 
as someone who like, okay, we brought him in with the expectations of this and it just didn't happen. We thought we were getting like a sturdy journeyman, reliable. Like we, we weren't too excited about the ceiling of him, but we thought that a high floor would be there. The high floor hasn't been there with him. The mistakes have been too uh, have been too 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 prevalent, too consistent in the minutes that he's played. And it could just be a case that he's had an absolute horror show in his time here and he'll go somewhere else and be solid. But sometimes it just doesn't work out at a club and like you say, it's probably a fairly easy sell. Yeah. Um, I will be much more succinct. Bill Tuiloma, sell. Michael? Easy sell. I've seen enough. Yep. Seen enough. And I do believe that wraps up the defenders. Guys, can you think of anybody I've missed? Oh, Michael. Sobaczynski. He's oh, still Sob- here, right? Is he? Uh, is Sobaczynski still here? I believe he is. No. No, they, uh, oh, they, they, they he, he got released. I, I, is this oh. been on purpose to try and upset me? What, what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> he has been released. And I was uh, I was the last person to join the call before this uh, recording started. Was this something that was plotted to uh, to try and get to try and get under my skin? <laughs> no, we would never <laughs> do the that. Finale. <laughs> Michael and me, we are the most straight laced. We're the good guys. We would we would never do something like that. I we know, will. I know. <laughs> we will go ahead and uh, start to wrap it up. That will be it for the defenders and the goalkeepers. We'll be back next week to talk about the midfield. And then probably the week after that, we will be back to talk about the attack. Obviously, the defense was a place we struggled mightily in this season. So uh, if there were a lot of cells and holds in there, uh, that's probably why. I think we all want this team to go to go forward for now. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Logan. As ever, thank you, Ewan. Thank you. And uh, another spoiler alert for next week. There will be more buys from me. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you, dear listener. If you have decided to spend your time with us, we love you. We always say it. We always mean it. Uh, thank you all so much. We will talk to you again next week on Wednesday when we do buy, sell, hold for the midfield. Goodbye. Queen City Podcast Network.com. Oh.